Andy, my dude, have you heard of the magical website builder known as Squarespace? Ugh, not another Squarespace ad. I feel like every podcast is sponsored by them. <laughs> hey, 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 don't knock it till you try it. Yes, okay, it is overhyped. But actually, it lives up to the hype. Squarespace is like a website fairy godmother. With a click of a button, your site transforms into a beautiful masterpiece. A website fairy godmother? That sounds interesting. What makes it so magical? Well, for starters, those slick templates make anyone look like a professional web designer. Pick one, customize the colors and fonts to match your brand, and voila. Plus, the drag-and-drop fluid engine is so easy, your grandma could build a site on Squarespace. Well, she did knit me a lovely scarf last Christmas. Maybe website design is next. Exactly. And when you're ready to sell your Nana's handmade scarves online, Squarespace has built-in e-commerce. Add a store with one click. Get flexible payment options. Then watch those sales roll in. And when she wants to teach others her steezy scarf skills, Squarespace's new courses feature is just the ticket. Nana can set up her curriculum and enrollments and payments in a snap and become the next e-knitting influencer. Wow, you really sold me with the grandma angle. Sign me up for that free try. Just go to thenextreel.com slash Squarespace and transform your site into a beautiful Squarespace masterpiece. Well, thanks, Pete. Even though it's overhyped, Squarespace actually sounds perfect for Nana's site's needs. Appreciate the warning on the ads, though. I'll brace myself next time I listen to a podcast. Anytime. Let me know if you need any help getting that site up and running. Andy, can you believe we've almost hit 700 episodes of The Next Reel? I know, it's crazy. And with all the other episodes in our family of podcasts, we are well over 1,200 episodes of movie conversation. It's really pretty amazing that we've gotten to have these in-depth movie chats every week for over a decade now. And we couldn't have done it without our loyal community of film fans. Their support over the years has meant so much. For sure. That reminds me, we should give the merch store a shout out. Buying shirts from thenextreel.com slash merch is a great way listeners can continue to support the show. Plus, they get to support our great designs. Absolutely. I think sometimes folks forget we have a variety of shirts, mugs, phone cases, and more available. In fact, a great place to start is with a shirt sporting the Next Reel's logo. We also have that classic Fast Times Spicoli Surf School tee, or the weirdly popular Rusty's European Tour shirt. The one from National Foods European Vacation. Why is that so popular? <laughs> Search me, but we have sold a ridiculous number of those. I guess there are a lot of Rusties taking trips to Europe? We're always adding new designs based on movies we've covered, like our brand new design for a streetcar named Desire, featuring a streetcar named Desire. So if you want to rep your love of TNR and films, head to thenextreel.com slash merch. Every purchase helps us continue to have these weekly in-depth conversations. So visit thenextreel.com slash merch today. And as always, thanks for listening and being a part of the Next Real community. We've got lots more great movie chats coming your way. Well, I don't want to give anything away, but the the, the song is really why I show up. <laughs> Welcome to the film board, everybody. I'm Pete Wright, and we have a large round ta- virtual table here tonight. We've got we've got 
we've got some old voices back. Well, one old voice, and I'm really excited about that. Mike Evans. Greetings. How are uh, you all? I've missed you so much. It's good to be here. So much. <laughs> A little uncomfortable now. And that's Andy Nelson. <laughs> Hi. Hey. Hi, Andy. Yes. And we've got Steve Sarmento. Good evening, everyone. And Tom Metz. Uh, hello, friends. Hello, friend. And we're talking about, uh, wow, we're talking about Divergent tonight. Ooh. I This this uh, this may be our link baitiest show ever. <laughs> uh, <we're> just, <laughs> Put it right there. Right I'm going to say it out loud. I don't know. I don't. I'm very much looking forward to talking to you gentlemen about this film because I don't actually know why we would want to talk about this film. <gasps> because of all the divergence, Pete. <laughs> The divergence. <laughs> the future belongs to those who know where they belong. You're nervous, aren't you? Why would I be nervous? Just gonna decide the rest of our lives. You're different. If you don't fit into a category, they can't control you. They call it divergent. You can't let them find out about you. And what if they already know? Then you're already dead system removes the threat of anyone exercising their independent will. Divergence threaten that system. It won't be safe until they're removed. I know who you are. If you want to survive, follow me. They're gonna kill me. I'm not gonna let that happen. You have to trust yourself. Your poor blend of impulses and impurities don't try and define me. Uh, this, uh, okay, so Divergence. It's a, you know, if you haven't heard about it, you live under a rock. Divergence is, um, it is a, uh, it's it, the new film. I assume somebody here has read the books. That nope. would be me. That would be Steve. I have read the first, I've read the first book and uh, I have a daughter who has read, I think, the trilogy twice and is just encouraging me to keep going. But I have read the first book. So I okay. can if we need to get into the area of film to book adaptation, uh, I, I can address that. I He's deeply hope we do. I deeply hope we do, because I think that uh, uh, I have to imagine something got lost in translation. Please, oh. for the love of everything, tell me something is missing. You mean like a plot? Oh, there you oh, go. I'm sorry. Stay. My bad. Interest. Yeah. Care. No, no, no. Uh, I so this is a book. Who who wrote the book? Uh, it was a Veronica Roth. Veronica Roth wrote these books. And who actually had a small cameo in the film. I did not see her. She was not wearing a tag. What was she? <laughs> <laughs> My daughter pointed this out to me. The scene when the, uh, the the zip line when there's the group of them on the roof. She's one of the the divergent you know people on the roof. No, the, the uh, in, dauntless in people on the roof. Yeah, the, I'm sorry, the dauntless people up on the roof. Uh, oh. When they load her, you know, our, our main character into the zip line, she's up there apparently in that scene. Oh, fantastic! So you couldn't actually pick her out of a lineup, is what you're saying? You're... I, I've I've seen her, but I was, you know, I'm I'm not the you know 13 year old fangirl that's just looking for everything in every sequence. Um, so like so my you daughter. Say. So. I... <laughs> I so the the book uh, directed by Neil Berger, 
written mm, by uh, uh, mm, we've <laughs> talked about him on the show before in, we, uh, the illusionist we have and that's why i that's why my heart is broken uh but it, you <laughs> know he's also uh, uh limitless uh the illusionist uh we've we've and and he wrote uh the illusionist which is another um one of the reasons we like he wrote and directed that film which is one of our very favorites so he adapted it right? adapted it right 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 um, so that's Neil Berger. It was uh, written by. Now I don't know if we have talked about uh, Evan Doherty. Uh, do we know Evan Doherty and Vanessa Taylor? Uh, no, I don't think so. I don't believe we, we don't? have talked about them at all. Uh, well, I I actually. Uh, oh, oh yes, uh, sure we do. Sure we do. Well, Snow White and the Huntsman. Snow White and the Huntsman. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Steve and I just had a ooh. Uh-huh. Off. Uh-huh. <laughs> Well, that does that does pique my curiosity though, because Evan Doherty, um, uh, I mean that that script was one of the blacklist scripts from a few years back, and right. I don't know, I don't know how much it changed between the time that he, that uh, he wrote it and it um, uh, when it ended up getting purchased and actually made by Rupert Sanders. But uh, it must have been a lot. Yeah, I'm guessing so. I'm guessing so. But yeah, Evan Doherty is the one who is credited with the screen story and then screenplay credit with John Lee Hancock and Hossein Amini um, on that. So yeah, mm-hmm. I'm guessing it changed quite a bit before they made that. So okay, I, that's cool. I, I like him. Okay. And, and I'm, I'm seeing Vanessa Taylor has some credits on uh, Game of Thrones. Yes. As producer and writer. So, so there's something. There's something. Yeah. Something that's disappointing you, uh, I, I sense. I, you know, I, I'm a big Game of Thrones fan. I'm just saying my world is rocked right now, just a little bit. <laughs> uh, and uh, Shailene Woodley. Uh, Ooh, I have to write down Shailene, that yeah. Shailene, Shailene, is it Shailene? Shailene, yeah. Shailene Woodley. Uh, we know her from uh, The Descendants, Spectacular Now. Um, and, uh, gosh, I, The Secret Life of an American Teenager. I didn't see that. Yeah. That's a TV show, right? Is it? I don't know. I think it's on. Yeah, it's a TV series. Oh, good. Well, I haven't seen any of that. Right. Yeah. Uh, But she is also in uh, the Fault in Our Stars, uh, which is has gotten uh, some initial strong praise, mostly based on the strength of the novel, uh, the John Green novel, which is fantastic. Um, So interesting to see where that comes out. So this is this is the film. Would somebody please uh, just set up what the the film? Is about, and usually we don't start this way. Usually we just jump right in. But I would love somebody to take a stab at telling me uh, what what the film is about. Are, are you talking about plot summary, or you want something more Let's grand start. and thematic? I uh, maybe we'll get there, but I would love just a, a plot summary. Diet Hunger, hunger Games. A diet no, Hunger Games. No, I don't. this is this is a you know your typical. Uh, right now, there's a lot of these these young adult. Uh, literature novels that are set in sort of a, a dystopian future where you know society has collapsed and there are some new rules that are that are imposed uh, and that's where we get a lot of these comparisons to the hunger games in, in this case uh, we're set in chicago at some time in the future some you know catastrophic event has occurred and the city has now built a wall to separate itself from whatever is outside uh you know it, which is not not told what is going on out there. There's apparently some threat or something because we have uh, a wall to to protect the city and to balance society. There's been a decision made to to break 
people into or divide them into five different uh what are called factions. And so there's a selection process, but each faction represents a specific uh, personality type or trait. So you have the Dauntless, who are, who are the protectors of the city. They are brave. They are fearless. You have the Erudite, who are the, 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 the scholars that, that value knowledge. You have Amity, who, uh, as we see, sort of are an agricultural group, but uh, it's about... Uh, I guess I think it's friendship uh, and, and giving. Uh, they seem like happy farmers. Yeah, happy farmers. There's there's abnegation, which is where our heroine starts off, and that is uh, the the selfless, the selfless group. Very uh, less concerned about the the self and more about what you're doing for others. And there's candor, which are those that value truth and will speak truth. So they see things in very black and white, simplistic terms, and. Did I did I miss one? Did you, did you talk you about start the smart people? Dauntless, erudite. The erudites. You said those. Yeah, you did erudite. Okay. You yeah. did yeah. start with dauntless, right? Yeah, start with dauntless. Abnegation, candor, amity. And then there's and then there's factionless. Oh, then there's the factionless, which are those that have have either you know for various reasons that we learn in the movie that have lost their faction, sort of are the the the, the castoffs in society. So we have a story of a character who's in abnegation and who goes through this selection process and and learns that she is sort of uncategorizable. She is she is divergent. She doesn't fit into any one of these categories, and that is a threat to this uh, this society. These these divergence because they don't they're not easily categorized. They're a threat, and we see what happens uh, as she tries to find a place, and 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 we learn about this society, and particularly about the dauntless faction because that's where she is chosen to go so we see a lot of what what that she chooses particular, she chooses to go yes so that's i mean that's i think good work steve overall that was fantastic so, that okay was, that that was fantastic and so my next question so you guys care about all that right <laughs> well okay let me let in the, me say in the beginning this. Now, I did. now i'm gonna i'm gonna leap to what the grander theme is and i think why this became a very successful young adult novel is Everyone here can remember what it's like in high school, and every, just yes. about every single high school film will start off with the oh the new the new kid to school. Let me introduce you to the different you know cliques or groups. Oh, there's the there's the sports, there's the jocks. Oh, those are the stoners and burnouts, or those are the those are you know we get those same things in a typical high school you know teen comedy movie or teen drama where we we see the different you know groups, and I think that's but what Steve, this has done. Yes, Steve. what. As a young teenage girl, sometimes I don't feel like I fit into any of those groups. <laughs> and I'm actually not making fun. I'm trying to help your analogy. No, exactly. Of yeah. Don't let a group define you. Or sometimes be, I feel like yourself. I fit in, in all of those groups. Exactly. exactly. They won't let me be in all of them. Exactly. Right. And that's what I think this, you know, is the draw to this story of we have a, you know, as, as a father of two daughters – uh, a story like this, and then you know, having seen you know th- this past you know winter Frozen, these these films that have these strong female leads that don't let society define them, that don't depend on the boy to save them, that have these you know strong roles. I'm I'm really excited and happy to see these. That we're getting more and more of these of these positive, strong female role models for for young girls that they can be in charge. They can be assertive. And that is something that's being presented as a positive thing. Agreed. So, so basically this is a, 
a literary and movie uh, interpretation of the father's to the daughter saying, because I told you so. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I I would say, Steve, to your point, I I don't have a problem with any of that. And and, uh, also as a father of a, a daughter who is ravenous and really flummoxed about why I didn't like this movie. Uh, she's ravenous about these books. She loves them. And, um, you know, I have no problem with the strong female characters. I love that. I love what they sort of represent. And I, I actually love these sorts of stories. I mean, I, I it took me a long time to come around to the Hunger Games. Uh, but but I ended up really quite liking it, particularly in the, the most recent one. I, I thought it was an, um, it, it's becoming a much more interesting tale. And now that I've read the books... The problem I have with this one, and I would say to your to your point, I also saw Clueless, and you're exactly right. It totally fits the template. But these high school comedy movies, these high school sort of selection process movies, there are stakes that come at the end of, like there is a, a, usually a metaphor that leads to some dramatic turning point. Right. There is something at stake by having the, this selection process, even if we go back to Harry Potter and the hat selection and we go back to the right. Hunger Games and the selection. This one, they removed all the layers of drama to its most rudimentary. Are you smart and clever? Are you right. creative and loving? Are, do you tell the truth a lot? Do, are you, you know, do you, are you tough and do you climb bridges? Like they just they took it to its very raw personality traits it's and then they removed the stakes even further now they say you take the test but you know what if you take the test you don't even really have to follow what the test says like there isn't even any real uh like tension about the test she has all this manufactured tension about how oh my gosh i have to do what the test says and then they say you know you don't really have to do what the test says you just cut your hand and drop the blood and then you're fine really you pick your house it's fine go go for it there is no tension at all for most of the film and i found that positively tedious now my comment and then i'll hang it up because i i want to hear more but i i think that's a flaw of an immature writer writing an immature story and i think the film did not adequately take the story and improve upon it to the point of actually making something that that might have been been full of cinematic or dramatic tension uh, in a way that would hold our interest i find it an empty shell of a film for most of it and and that was very frustrating frustrating to me and since i haven't read the book you know i'm i'm really right. speculating but uh, i'm uh, that's my problem with it um i you know i'm i see movies that it star the casts of abercrombie and fitch ad campaigns like i i get it like i yeah. and i'm usually fine with it um but this one the film structurally doesn't hold water that's where i am so, so clearly pete you would be in the candor Fact. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. So, and this this was one of my struggles with this of having read the book of having to separate out. And I, I'm really interested to sort of hear hear that from you, Pete, because that it's something that I I know what was missing from what was in the book, and I thought, okay, I know this is missing, so I feel like there's something that's not quite there. Is speaking just about the selection process, and so I'm I'm feeling like a little short change. It was similar to how I f- felt about, uh, you know, you talked about Harry Potter 
you know, in the in the third film, Prisoner of Azkaban, in the book, there's a whole different there's a whole subplot about Harry's father and Sirius yes. Black and how they were the ones that created the map, and that was totally missing from the the movie. And I thought it adds so much to that to really this that Harry's connection to his father. And it wasn't in the film, and the film still works, and I love that film, but it, it always – there's this hole there for me. And I felt the same thing here because in the book, there's a lot more explanation about the test and the the selection process, and I, I, I felt it was there. It was missing, and I was wondering for someone that hadn't seen the film, hadn't read the book, just seen the film, if there was some confusion or loss of, you know, like – why out of you know why is she choosing dauntless what you know what's the reason for that because i you know have the knowledge of what's in the book and i felt you know they were they, they could have done a little bit more now i'm hearing from you that you feel that there's there is sort of the stakes missing of you know yeah you you, you choose it but what is she risking well and, you know that? i would just yeah, add well, to that before i before it just just the bigger question which is why would a post-apocalyptic um you know kind of war-torn society in the you know rebuilding themselves come up with such an incredibly stupid system for categorizing people um i'll leave it at that it's ridiculous <laughs> I would like to offer a as someone else who has not read the books. I mm-hmm. well, first I would like to go on the record and said that I kind of liked the film. Yay. I really did. I might Excellent. be the I might be next to Steve as far as like uh, I thought it was. <laughs> the first thing that I said that I thought was it was very diverting, and that's a shame. <laughs> and I immediately was said, "Don't say that on the podcast." And I just said it. Um, I think. I mean, for me, I, I don't necessarily agree uh, with. I think the problem with it is the metaphor gets messy, but there's still a lot of feeling behind it for me in the way that like, you know, the metaphor becomes, you know, you have to fit into this one thing and you can't be something else. Okay. People, you know, especially young kids are trying to figure themselves out. They don't want to do that. And then also though, with like Pete, to your point, which did seem weird at first that you can just switch and change. Also, she, I thought she had a lot of, pressure or feeling or worry about displeasing her parents. Her parents, which seemed like Abgunagunation born and bred, and maybe that didn't turn out to be the case, but uh, that I felt like it wasn't necessarily manufactured. I felt like it was a very messy amount of pressure and worry and fear and decision that really spoke to me of sort of being a teenager. Which I kind of enjoyed. I do agree that it is a little weird. You know, the metaphor does break down. I also think that maybe the idea of breaking society down into five factions doesn't really work that well past the high school metaphor. But also, (laughs) as we learn, the whole thing is about control. And in that way, it works very well. So I did – I was able to – and I think maybe I found the film so agreeable and so much. I was able to meet it more than halfway and look over some of the overarching problems with it and enjoy it for what it did. Well, I mean I'd like to to just touch on one thing that I, I felt that it was near the end of the movie that I realized that uh, was disappointing. And, and, this, and let me just throw it out there and we can see what you, know, what you guys think about it. Is that the whole idea of – well, no, the yeah. So yeah, do your spoilers disclaimer, right? Uh, spoilers. Um, Tom, don't you have a spoiler song? Isn't there a spoiler alert song? <laughs> Put on your earmuffs. We're about to ruin the movie. All right. <laughs> that was. <I> love, 
I, lo- I love that. So, the, the, like, the whole idea of the Divergent, right? I mean, so the, if you go by the trailer, and, and I may be the only one who got sucked in that way but on the trailer, but it made it look like they were, like, super-powered. Like, uh, like there's some sort of supernatural or, or magical or, or super-powered, that's what they are, and they're hiding it or whatever. Oh. And at least that's what I got out of the trailer, right? So you get in there. Amen. Sing it, brother. And, and, and they're, they're so worried about it, right? There's so, there's so much danger to it. And, and at the end of the movie, all it is is, okay, they're resistant to the like, mind-control drugs, which it, at least in the first part of it, normal society, they're, only, they're resistant to the mind, let me figure out what your, what your faction's going to be drug. I, I mean, it, it didn't even seem like it, it, if you are a divergent, it would really have any effect on society. I mean, all it, okay, you know, given on the on the on the level of of what the factions are, it's just simply, you know, um, sorting people into things that they do best uh, or where they want to be. And it, you know, okay, so you you take this little whatever, and you're able to realize it's a simulation and break out of it. Okay, but. How is that even really a threat? Now, I mean, it's a threat to the the secondary plot, which is the whole, um, you know, erudite political thing or whatever, right? But, but the, but the, but if you just take the the, the way the society is built on the surface, there's there's no reason that the divergence would, at least in my mind, the way they presented it would would even be a threat. It, it was a complete letdown in, in that regard of what what a divergent is. Is like you're like. Oh, okay, but and like you said, you can already choose your own path. So, someone who tests like three or four of them in this little test that has no bearing on the selection, and then if you're divergent, as we've seen the ones that we saw else in the movie, they go and they do their thing. You know, they kind of hang out, right? And and they you know are politicians or their policemen or whatever so I, I didn't understand even the threat they, they, they didn't explain the threat very well because um, literally I thought they were like super powered people and they, they would like rip, rip the whole society apart but it's just like hey we're free spirits yeah, well, and that's I think, exactly I think it that, I think that's the, the, the point as you say you know is it's about free control. spirits if, 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 if everybody's if every faction has their role to play in society and you don't fit into one of those and you you're Sort of masking yourself in one of those, then you you risk sort of subverting or undermining what that function in society is. If erudite is supposed to, they're supposed to be studious and learning, and you start questioning that knowledge, or if if you're supposed to be selfless and you start to become selfish, or if you're supposed to be brave and you you know you know back down when you're you know or question your your orders of of marching into to, to battle to defend the city because you're like well i'm supposed to be brave but this seems kind of questionable then it risks that societal structure falling apart and i think that's i i, I agree mike that it's you know again there's a it's lot cl- it's uh, clunky a lot, but yeah. it's there it's it yes well okay so exactly. that yeah, they, they that, do that set that up me. that every they do set up that you know i mean there are, you know, inherent risks with picking something outside of what you're supposed to pick based on your test. I mean, if you, if they, if your test says you should be abnegation, but you choose dauntless, I mean, they put all of those people through a test, and if you don't pass all those tests that they put you through, then you end up factionless, and then you're right. essentially, you know, you're, you know, in the caste system that we have here, you're considered dirt, and nobody, uh, nobody wants any part of that. But they didn't, but we didn't I just want to clarify, clarify that. I want to clarify that point, and, and maybe someone who's read the book could be more clear about that. 
I thought that I got was the perfectly impression that, that was in the some... movie, though. No, no. Um, I got the impression that that was something new that they had just implemented. No, that's, right. that's they, right. No. That's what it, that was. That was very clear in the movie that there that there there was no understanding when she decided to go dauntless. She had no idea that there were tests. That correct. And more importantly, more importantly, they kept, they kept talking about how the fact that the the like the uh, well, the Biggest Loser line, you know, where they're going to drop people off off the thing, <laughs> just just cast yeah. them. You, know, you can't go back to your old place. We're just going to dump you in the in the alley. Yeah. was something that they had just implemented. Well, yeah, and, and, and I so guess that, the, I, I guess the test that, that was there. I you're right about that, but the test that was there was by picking Dauntless. The test was if you can't climb up to this speeding train and jump on and then jump off onto the roof, then you're not going to be a Dauntless and then you will be factionless. Andy, that's not that is not a fair thing to say because she did not know that test existed. She did not no, I'm know not that happened. About, I'm not talking about the test later. I'm talking about on the train. No, I'm telling you on the she train said, when she made the choice about becoming dauntless, she did not know that she was going to have to climb a bridge embankment and jump off no, a train. But, but this, I'm my guess is that there's probably something set up in all the different factions where if you don't do that, if you choose something outside of your faction that you're likely not really set up for, that there's probably something there that could bump you out and make you factionless. And I'm saying that, that was my that's that was my assumption. For, well, yeah, but and, that's. I'm speculating in this world that they present me with, and that, to me, makes perfect sense. Well, and here's my problem with it, because without, by relying on speculation in this case, you are, you're, you know, there is no foundation for the character's actions. And, and that gets back to my point about no stakes. Because there was right. no setup for me to think that there were any stakes at what would happen for her, depending on what, what faction she chose, right. uh, um, there is, there, there's no reason to believe uh, you know, whatever comes next is going to be sort of more intense or for me to worry about her or care about her uh, because they just didn't set it up. If they had set I, I that just, up before, I, if they if they if that had been part of the stakes of the yes, choosing, that would that would have made the choosing then more you're, interesting. Then you're like, oh, you better get that right. Yeah, make it that, right because if you choose because, wrong, yeah, yeah. If you're I, if you choose erudite, there's going to be a test. I, I kind of disagree, to be honest, um, about Dauntless, and I don't think it's an assumption. I think it's just sort of seeing the the stakes that are in front of. Wait, wait, wait can I say one thing that's a sidebar, real quick? <laughs> Because in my, in, my, in my life, it's very much about what exactly we're talking about. But in my life, like, I would love to be dauntless, but I'm so not. <laughs> and I loved going on the, the walk with Sh- Charlize Woodley. What's her name? Shailene. Shailene, Frank, yeah. Shailene Woodley. Um, of when she's like, dauntless, let's do this. And then they're all sprinting down the street, all being young and amazing and, like, giving each other high fives. And I was like, and that's where I would immediately turn around because I'm <laughs> – because I'm too winded. Okay, like but, I, you it, know, it never would have. I never would have gotten to be like, can I climb up this thing? I was like, yep, and there we go, and there's that, and the now street. I'm done. And guess what sounds great? Amity, because I can farm without getting a, a cramp. <laughs> Tom, you'll be happy to know that you are present in the book. In the book, there when they're running to catch the train, there's one one boy that can't keep up and he doesn't catch the train, gets left behind, and I, I think there's a and I, I don't have the book in front of me. I think there's some discussion of what happens to him. Well, he's factionless. Eating. He's going to become factionless. And as far as the stakes, and I was surprised, they, I guess because it's PG-13, they had to cut this. When they do make that jump from the train to the rooftop, there is one girl that doesn't make the leap and falls short. Oh, wow. And See. ends up 
you know, all over the pavement. So in the book, there are some of those heightened stakes. And I was surprised because I'll, I'll agree. There's, there's not as much, you know, that I saw based on, you know, being familiar with the book of the stakes of what is she really risking? And I, I agree with Andy that he's, he's keying into some of those pieces there, but it, it perhaps could have been a little bit more upfront so they wouldn't have to be, I'm assuming this, but it could have been maybe a little bit more explicit about some of those things. They briefly introduced the factionless, but they don't really explain how they ended up that way. And that's where you have to balance that exposition of do we really need voiceover or not, this expositional scene to explain the rules of the world? Or can we, you know, move the plot along and will people come along for that? You, you know because what, Steve, though, I, I think that but that was I can, okay. Can I finish? I'm, I apologize. Can I? Because no, after sure. the dumb sidebar, oh, yeah. the, other, the real <laughs> right. thing that I wanted to say was, there was more. It was the longest sidebar in history. You probably forgot there was a bar. <laughs> um, the original thing that I was really trying to say was, it wasn't an assumption like you're jumping in to the coolest kids, the Dauntless. Um, they arrive jumping off of trains. So to not think that you're going to have to be very physically fit, very physically fit and fearless, like the idea of saying that she she that we didn't have any idea what the stakes would be, that she never knew what she was getting into. I think that their entrance was that. Of these guys are badasses and they're crazy. Yeah, yeah but you, you got to remember this isn't like this isn't like Hunger Games where these these and, and you know making my assumption from that movie where these things are like seg, seg, segregated out, right? These are their police officers. They're, they see them every day. It's it's an integrated society. But we saw them climbing buildings for fun. I we saw yeah, them yeah, like, you know assume so in you the first assume. five minutes. Yeah. But if, but assume I guess maybe I'm uncomfortable with the idea of assumption because it sounds right. like that Steve and I are doing too much work to get there. I yeah. felt like they set it up like if you're dauntless, you're fine doing anything. Well, and we don't know if 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 you're a younger person, if you're allowed to observe the the choosings, the, the selections, you know, we don't know that, that they have any idea of what's going on um, um, or if they're prepared at all, right, uh, for it. Like older brothers and things, when they get, get, get selected, do, do, they, do they know how this process goes or not, right? Well, there's only but, the kids and their parents in that room. Right, but, but again, they don't get shipped off to Hogwarts and you never see them again, right? I mean, they're, they, it's like, they're, yeah, he's dauntless, but now he's patrolling the street or whatever. I mean, it's not like they're, they can't, it, it, they even showed that she went and went and visited her brother over right. in Erudite. So it's not well, like yeah, they're, but, but fair, they couldn't to, talk. To be fair, that was kind of frowned upon. No, 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 but it wasn't, but it wasn't like, you know, you're not allowed to do that. It was more of like, uh, you know, you're in the middle of training. What, yeah, you know, yeah, what, I agree what, with that. What, what are you doing? And there was also the, the leadership is compromised. So, you know, the, the things like that, it doesn't, it doesn't seem like, like, uh, um, you know that th- that she would be completely. Um, you realize later that she shouldn't be completely in the dark about what it would mean to be um, that other that other faction. Yeah, I but, agree with that, and I, and I would say to Tom's point too that, that you know I agree, and I think it is a fair assumption because they did set up that this is a very physical thing, and you wouldn't make that choice. But right. m- my response really was to to Andy's point about the the test, and I do think that had she known up front. Had all the select the, the the chosen known up front that you know what if you choose wrong if you screw up if you're not a born you know if you weren't born into this if you decided to jump ship um, then there are stakes 
that would have improved that experience for me. That that was really yeah. my point. So, I, so there's I, a real there's a real there's a real reason why you would yeah. want to go with what the test told you. Right. right. But isn't the, so, the like part of the the new like when Jai Courtney, Hi Courtney, Jai Courtney, whatever. Um when he's saying these new things, that's partly because he and the always not believable Mackay Pfeiffer. Um, sorry, Mackay. Uh, I'm sure he's a listener. Um, I, every time he comes on screen in every film, I go, oh, there's Mackay Pfeiffer. <laughs> he's the opposite of like losing me in a movie. Can, but uh, it's Tom, because. Tom, tell me what his character's name is. Mackay Pfeiffer, I Mackay Pfeiffer. <laughs> yeah. He was Mackay Dauntless. Um, was Mac. I thought that part of these new things and these new tests and everything was because they were. Now they're in bed with erudite, right? That that's correct, right? And so they're all like, so the reason that they didn't know that these stakes were is because maybe they weren't. It's because erudite is finally making their big move, and they have some of their monkeys in, um, their armed people in, you know, Dauntless doing their bidding for them. Right. I, I think there there's a scene where I think it's when they first start fighting when 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 Eric, who's you know. He says, you know, it's going to be till someone, you know, gives up or, you know, and that's when four says to him, well, those weren't the rules before, you know, and, and basically hints that, you know, if, if that was, you know, that under these rules that Eric probably wouldn't have made it through that these more stricter rules. So there's, there's that, which I like that dynamic. There's just a few little jabs back and forth early on between Eric and four, particularly with capture the flag of like, oh, you're, you're picking the weakest. So you've got a reason to, you know, you've got an excuse for when you lose. And he's well, like, yeah, something sort of like I, that. And it's this sense of when I beat you with who you think are the weak people, you know, how are you going to feel about that? I want, I want to comment on that. When I was in the, in the earlier part of the movie, when they were doing that, I was, I was actually sold. My brain was, was sold on the fact that they were doing that to generate fear. Like, and, and they wanted to, because the the kind of the whole deal of Dauntless is fearless, right? Right. So, so they wanted to like you bring them in and you sort of start immediately disrupting what they what their expectations might have been of what they're supposed to do. Like, okay, we join up, everyone's going to be you know slap high fives, we're awesome, we're going to get some food, live in a cave, you know, and, and everything's going to be great. <laughs> and, and and they start just disrupting all their expectations in very traumatic and 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 you know in a lot of ways fearful ways to see how they're going to react like like their whole thing is to generate fear and see how these people react to it because the whole idea of, of is of Donald's is to overcome your fears right and, and and so early on i thought that's what they were doing like they're 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 throwing these these curveballs at these initiates to see how they're going to handle it. It, it you know it wasn't until later that you realize it was it was their this uh agenda that they were that they were that they were in developing you know eric was not playing the bad cop role to you know for his good cop in a way it, literally they're off the rails and some much much worse but but in, early on i thought it was it was like maybe this is how they do it and you know maybe erudite they're they're constantly testing their 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 intellectual confidence or or things like that where to to make sure that they want to be here right you can't just join up because you're physically fit you have to actually be able to overcome your fears. Except that four, as Steve said, four did. He was the one that would make sense. Except that four was immediately like, "Wait, what are we doing?" Well, but remember, four was also abnegation to begin with. Right, but he's been there. I mean, I think, and maybe Tom, you know, is just more more attuned and a more attentive viewer and noticed these little subtleties. I'm divergent. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, exactly. That's that's really what I you know and. That's what 
you know, based on the book, based on that other background knowledge that I have, and I'm, I'm glad to see that, you know, it, it's interesting to me to see whether some people pick up on it and, and some don't. And I think the fact that some don't, you know, speaks to that there are some flaws in this film, uh, you know, that it's not quite clear of that this is really, you know, Eric and Mackay Pfeiffer are taking this Dauntless in a new direction. I think that becomes clearer later on. But I think, you know, in the book, it's much clearer, yeah. you know, with, between Eric and Four, and they, they maybe could have done a little bit more. And again, I think that's where the, the film sort of shortchanged on the world building up front. And they did spend a lot of time sort of in the training sequence. And I thought there's, there's some character development going on here, but if we don't balance that with some of the world building, and again, seeing what they sort of left out, I felt, is there is there enough here for people to latch onto? And I, I think it's bearing out some of my my concerns and fears that there are people that aren't quite getting some of that because they they skimped out on some of the world building up front to get things moving, uh, and and maybe a little bit too much time. And they they did. I mean, it's a it's a hefty book. Uh, there's there's still big chunks that are cut out during training and some of that character development pieces. Uh, but I I really felt like that front end they could have beef that up just a little bit more and i think then maybe mike you you wouldn't have some of those questions and that it's do you think the erudites had to like read a book really fast yeah exactly right (laughs) (laughs) like someone this one poor kid only got to chapter 12 and they're like you're factionless and they drop him off a bridge (laughs) amity amity has to make a plant grow within like (laughs) two days and if it does you're done but but it's like the the part was that you know this is the the uh, forced perspective, right? This is the right. we're seeing, we're, we're experiencing this exp- this thing through her eyes because that's you know that's our perspective. We have no other information, right? You know, it's very common, right? Yes. So, so it's 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 common. It's expected that we have we are in that same state of confusion as the main character is during the first part of the movie. Yeah, we don't understand why there's a big pit and they're fighting, and we don't understand, you know, why they have the, the, the levels and things like that, until later on when they're like, you know, you realize you start realizing that this is going, you know, more off the rails than, like I said, I was convincing myself that it was just, it was just, you know, placing irrational fear and seeing how they react, mm-hmm. and, and my assumption was that all the other factions did, you know, something similar, and and because they don't really tell you. They, they they sort of make you assume, right? And, and maybe that was on purpose. Maybe that was don't they don't tell you how the factionalists got there. They don't tell you what their purpose you is. Other than just just existing. I mean, yeah. they don't. I, they, I think that one. Uh, I, I let that one go, knowing. And this is this is an assumption that I uh, that I sort of granted myself, knowing that this is a trilogy. You know, the few glimpses we get of the factionalists in action. You know, the the gloomy scare, stares over some burning trash. Um, it, it made me. It that actually built some suspense <laughs> for me that uh, to look forward to the second movie and and or the second you know book or whatever. whatever answers that question like that was one that that i thought okay that's they're gonna let that hang out there there were no like there's there's nothing at stake for me to care about the factionless yet um and so i i'm gonna i can let that hang i you know ultimately the transition from all this rot about um you know choosing which faction and into the actual story um which you know to me was the more interesting part and and i thought you know i i feel like it it was shortchanged uh, you know, by all of this nonsense about the, the that I think they could have just executed, 
and, and gotten us into the motion of the of the narrative more quickly. Do you not need to see her? Um because it is kind of an origin story. Unlike Katniss, who was kind of really good at everything already, she, coming from Abgamganation, I still can't say that word, <laughs> um, needs to learn how to become a true warrior and everything, because obviously she's going to end up saving the world. <laughs> um, does you wanted all that to be... That didn't do anything for you. Well, I, you know, I was, I was just so disappointed in that sequence that, yeah, I could have used less of that. Had they done it better, maybe I would have enjoyed it more. Uh, Had it been a Team America World Police kind of a montage, I probably would have been happier. Um, You know, of her, of you mean the sequence of all of her training and all that training? Yeah, just get through it because they weren't doing it well. I will will tell you this: this is, I I think what they executed perfectly on was sort of her, her physical acting and the way that she um, was. uh, developing throughout the movie, right? Her physical confidence, like you could see the way she was acting early on. She was very, um, you know, she'd shrink from things like that, and you, and the normal stuff, up to the point where at the end of the movie, when she's standing there in front of those erudites, right? And or, and she basically kicks like three of, their, three of their butts, and she looks like she's this, like, roided up super killer, right? Where So I thought they did a very good job of, of sort of at least ending at that point where she, 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 I mean, she was dauntless by the end of the movie. No, no doubt about it. I didn't get that at all. That's I, I felt it. like she was totally a fish out of water the whole time. I didn't buy really? her. I didn't buy her huh. as an, as the character at all. I thought it was horribly miscast. Interesting. Wow. Yeah. I thought she was, I, I don't disagree. No. Yeah, no, no, I, I don't disagree that there, there are some parts of it that, um, she could not pull the, the character could not pull off what I think they were trying to do. Yeah. Just because her physically, she couldn't, she wasn't moving the right way. But that last scene where where they're in the little control room and she's sitting around those, and she just like d- destroys them. Or like she, and then she's with her like family, and they're all looking at her like this, and she's like, "What?" And I thought that I thought that at the end point they'd gotten there, but through most of the movie, I, I would agree with you, Pete. Yeah, I love this because I really, I really have a different view. Like she was what made this movie work for me. Yeah, uh, the flowing hair and the wind. I thought she was just really. I thought she was cool and relatable, and Did not too and not too a, pretty, and not too. Yeah, I just well. thought she was really cool. I, well, just, and I, I was and like, and oh. also, I and also she she came across as somebody really struggling to fa- find her place, and yeah. as a as a sixteen year old trying to fit in, um, I really bought into that with her, and as she was trying to kind of be a part of this group that she desperately wanted to be a part of, even though she really didn't know who she was and she was trying to figure all that out. That kind of self-exploration, I think, is what what really sold that for me, particularly in the the very long training uh, hour of the film, which was did for me slow down quite a bit. But she's the thing that always, through the entire film, uh, really just kept me going. And I really, really <laughs> I completely agree. Yeah, you know, the whole time I was thinking, God, the, this was this was a mix-up in casting. This the, the Tris should have been played by Zoe Kravitz, uh, who oh, I think that's... could have pulled off a much more diminutive who's, to strength. Who's Zoe Kravitz? She, she was played, her friend. She was Christine. her friend. Oh, that's, yeah. that's, that's that, right. char- that character is the worst. Yeah, really I, I know the character is the worst, but I could I was placing her, the actress, in place of Tris the entire time. Yeah. Really. 
Yeah, I, just I because really, of like she how she just holds herself. The, uh, the, uh, she, she just she's. This was not a role for Shailene Woodley. This was not her role. I think she she was. This was she's out of place. Um, oh, and, you are so, so wrong. <laughs> you are so wrong. I think you're wrong too. This is a yeah. real. We are at Film Buddies Loggerheads. <laughs> sorry, sorry, guys. Someone had to say it. <laughs> We're at Film Buddies Loggerheads. <laughs> Who's Candor now, traitor? <laughs> I liked it at one point. Candor just meant rude. Yeah, <laughs> uh, rude and sarcastic and annoying. Okay, it, all, so, it all turns into the Lord a, of the Flies eventually. Can I bring up a, a funny, a funny thing that, that both my wife and I who watched, I watched the movie with, so, uh, asked this question at the end of the movie. We asked, so. They got the wall up to protect them from the, but the but the farmers go outside the wall. Yes, and so again, excellent planning. Like really, like, well, I'm. I'm Can they have moved the wall a little farther out? Because the whole thing is about control. I'm assuming that there's not a real threat. No, no. no so of... that, that's the 1984 aspect that I got. Yeah. Oh, okay. There's, yeah, there's, there's... The, there's the unseen. There's the unseen enemy that we must always be right. uh, braced against. against and yeah. you must you must sacrifice because we we need you sacrifice your 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 uh, individuality and your and your freedom, some of your freedom, because we have to stay strong against this unseen enemy. But, but you're right, but, though, that everyone just buys that, and we're like, let's yeah. have the friendly people go out and farm. <laughs> the entire, the entire <laughs> Amity thing, just go out there in the farm, and they're like, and they even mention it in the movie. They're like, well, the, I mean, the farms. He goes, no, 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 beyond the farms, right. uh, uh, yeah. out, out yeah. further, right, is is where they are. And you're like, what? But okay, yeah. but you know, you can maybe buy that because they're like, the government leadership groups just kind of have everyone under their thumb. But but the, but that was a big thing. It's like they let the Amity people go out every day. And yep. <laughs> I hope they come back. <laughs> <laughs> I hope the bad guys don't get them, because the Dauntless people don't go out with them. They stay on the wall. Uh, well, I you know I'm trying to recall. And again, it's not stated in the in the film, and that is you know one of those things. But you you know as we see they're heading out on the train, we'll find out. But uh, you know since we were discussing casting, I thought you know. Maybe we could talk about some of the some of the other, you know, other characters. Yes. We've touched on them briefly and, and sort of the casting of some of them because to me it's just hilarious watching Shailene Woodley, who was just tremendous in the spectacular now with Miles Teller, and they're in this together, and he is just a complete jerk in this film. He's he's the character of Peter, and then her brother, Caleb. Is uh, I don't have his name. Yeah, actor. An- Elgort. Ansel Elgort. He's her love interest in Fault Beneath Our Stars. Right. So it's this bizarre love triangle that brings that comes to, to crossroads <laughs> in, in Divergent. But it's like, oh, it's the next, it's the next gener, it's the millennial, you know, brat pack sort of, you know, forming that we're, we're seeing here with their their in, in films together. Um, but I, I have to say, I was really excited about the casting of Theo James as four. I thought he just did, you know. Again, I'm bringing what I, you know, read in the book to that character, and you know, in the screening we saw, there were there were you know there were some comic moments, there were some laughs just between the tension he had with Tris that I was excited to see just the way that played out, and I thought he just brought what that how that character was portrayed in the book he really brought to the screen that the the I just there's I would, some I would, amount of silence to, to uh, that character and yeah. mystery that I thought just came across, you know, helped carry that film. I thought Theo True. James, I thought that, you know, I thought that four, character four was the best acted one of the movie. 
in my I, opinion. I would because, agree with that. Because the part, the part you <laughs> how do you like me you, now? Well, yeah, I know. The part you learn later is that he was abn- abnegation, right? Which is why, uh, kind of, in your brain, that's why he was helping. You know, he was still dauntless, but he was kind of helping people. You know, so he had that that I'm, I'm going to help you, like DNA or whatever. And, and, and but again, I still don't understand. He's the, you find out he's divergent. So apparently, having fi- five tattoos on your whole back doesn't give off anything to anybody. That... Yeah, nobody got that, right? Yeah. <laughs> really? That, 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 that was a little weird that nobody else has seen his tattoos. Right? Or even the I, tattoo like, artist. Like no one takes, he doesn't take a shower. <laughs> like, like nothing keeps anyone off to anyone that, hey, you know, those look familiar, those other four things. I get he's like a never nude. He just can't, <laughs> he can't do it. I would have gotten a tattoo that said not divergent. <laughs> <laughs> that would throw everyone yes. off. Because, Except for because, erudite. Because if they would ask, you'd, then you just point to it and say, look, I'm not divergent. I'm totally not divergent. <laughs> tell me tell me what you guys thought about the uh, execution of the mind control part. And and this is, I, I guess, speaking specifically of uh, Kate, Kate Winslet as the, um, as the big bad. Clumsy. You mean oh. the, giving them shots and uh, or oh, making them? Uh, yeah, kind of the whole thing. Her, you know, she sort they, of executes the, this like the the big right. the mind head of the erudites is yeah. going to take over, destroy the abnegation, who is essentially the government, because the erudites want to be the right. government, right? And rules. But 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 more importantly, the part I missed, and 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 I don't know if it was just breezed over, but the part I missed greatly was. Why the Dauntless leadership would allow the would basically turn their entire faction over to the erudites to be robot controlled? I don't that, I don't understand what the benefit is. That was a big leap for me, and I immediately went to that Jai Courtney and the always amazing Mackay Pfeiffer uh, were power hungry and were promised something. Yeah, okay, but but, but, but you're the but leadership of a faction. You're, you're the leadership of basically the entire military already. What what, what benefit do they get? Exactly. Uh, the, yeah. The, the only the only thing I could think of, and it's not supported by anything I could see in the movie, was that was that they had the mind control stuff already done, but they weren't under robot control. They were just doing their they thing. Weren't. I, I so, thought they were just power hungry. I mean, but but you know, when you when you do the the cost benefit analysis, I guess uh, of it, right? You're you're going to turn over your entire faction to be robots because that's what they're going to be from then on is robots, right? And you're going to wipe out a whole other faction. And then, I mean, literally, it's, I'm not that smart. So it's like, you connect the dots. What are they going to do with this now army? And, and I'm not robot controlled. You know, even though I'm a leader, I'm not robot controlled. But they've got all my guys robot controlled. So well, and, why, and, why, why, why would they need me anymore? Well, the question to that is, well, I don't, I also why do they... Mackay Pfeiffer and Jay Courtney are supposed to be smart guys. <laughs> <laughs> but the question is, why? why do they even need to go to that place where they're putting them under the mind control if the if the dauntless are supposed to follow the leadership anyway very good point why do why do they have to put them in mind control why don't they just say look you know it's you know tough go out and kill all the abnegations because well well, you got that from four is that the you know part of their one of the roles is also like intelligence so i get the like fbi i guess you would say so so maybe it's a because um, if you know they're they're brewing up all these rumors, the erudites, right? It, it may not hold up if some, if, the, if detectives start actually investigating what's going on, like you know, the badness. They probably can't convince them to do the same level of of uh, mass slot. Yeah. 
Right. Well, if you go back to when I think when the factions are introduced, they they talk about the Dauntless be, as being the protectors, but they're also they're also brave to protect those that can't protect themselves. Right. So it's not that they're just brutal militia. That's what Jay Courtney and and Mackay Pfeiffer are turning it into. But the intent of Dauntless is to be there to protect those and help you know yeah. you know be that force to protect those that can't. And that. that's so to, to prevent the, the police, right? The police, but it's now being turned into something that's more more brutal. So it's like, why? Why they wouldn't just, unless they were under mind control, why would they just, you know, shoot, you know, you know, helpless people? Because that's not what Donald is about. It's about See, being brave and and standing up right. and being a protector, not just, you know, blatant abuse of power because we can get away with it. They're not brutal, and, and I think that's, that's what. Yeah, so that's the thing that got me in the beginning. Sorry, I, that's the other thing that got me in the beginning when they were doing the initiation, and you have to be physical, right? You have to do the right. um, the thing where you have to beat up people, you have to do the jumps, or whatever. Like the jump into the pit is a, is a conquer your fear type of thing. It's not leap a of faith, right? Leap, yeah. but, it, but it's conquer your fear. It's not mm-hmm. well, okay, maybe leap of faith is better, but but it's not a uh, test of brutality where right. you start seeing the uh, the guys are. are Weeding out the weak, and like so, they have the like I said, the biggest loser line where they drop people off that seems to be new, right? I, I don't, I, I don't get the impression, or what I read from that is that it's not normal that they would dump a third of their initiates to factionless because they they can't be brutal enough or physical right. enough. Like there's right. places within Dauntless for people who aren't necessarily like muscled up meatheads, right? They're I've like, got to scrub the toilets. Right. Yeah, well, effectively, right? I mean, there's, there's and I think there's, until ironically, now, Dauntless has the dirtiest toilets of every faction. <laughs> well, yeah, because, it's because they're Dauntless, <laughs> right? <laughs> well, you see care. They're not afraid. <laughs> they're not afraid. But, yeah, right. But, but, you see uh, characters they're, they're like not... Maggie Q, who's the tattoo artist. So I mean, right. she's God, not was she a, wasted a, in this film. She, well, yeah, yeah. yeah. but I, I can. You I'm know, guessing she, it's because of what's going to happen. What's coming next? Yeah, but you you see the the established Dauntless, those that have been around a while. That's they're not. You know, like Eric and the nameless Mackay Pfeiffer, who are right. you know clearly the bullying kind. That they're they're looking for people like Peter, who are just willing to, you know, be be bullies and take advantage of the weak. Whereas that's not what really or is, is about. Or Molly. Yeah. Right. And, and, yes. And you get the you get the feel that that you know, but the, you don't get that until later, right? I mean, right. I still I still feel that there's okay. like. There's so there was this thing I was hoping that they were going to do, and I found out they didn't. You know, when you, when you, they introduced the five, and they're all positive um, um, descriptions of each of the factions, right? Because mm-hmm. so it, it automatically implies that there's a 180 degree um, um, thing that can be associated, a human nature attribute that can be associated with them. Like you know, you you have a uh, erudite's intelligent. Well, like you could you could go the opposite as condescension. You know, it's the dark side of each one of those factions. Sure. And, sure. and, and that's what I was hoping that they were going to, like, explore. It's like it, – and even Erudite um, trying to do the power grab. It's like it maybe, – maybe the only thing I can think of is if, like, the opposite of, of the intelligence side is paranoia, right? So you, 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 sh- you throw all the really intelligent people, and over time, over generations, basically they're going to be, like – Paranoid of all everyone else right. around them, 
or things like that. Or it's, like, or it's, or it's ego. We're better well, than everybody else because we're smarter yeah, than yeah, everybody else. We know probably, better than anybody could. Yeah. yeah well, and that, that's, that's that I think is what we're seeing happen, but they didn't really explore it in, exactly. in any right. sort of overt yeah, sure. way to make it any. Sure. any they they way made it look like she was like it was a her yeah. thing, like it was just uh, what's her name? Um, uh, uh, yeah, Kate Winslet's Kate character. Winslet. Um, the head of the area, it was like it was like it was her thing. I may, maybe it was even almost like a personal thing against the head of the of the abnegation guy or whatever, right? Or or she just wanted a little bit more power, but but it wasn't that. I mean, you kind of got a little bit from uh, Caleb when he was over there and he was kind of talking down to his sister. You know, you kind of got the feeling right. that that's that. Yeah, you could see that's right. the dark side of the of that faction, right? right? Yeah. All right. But, but so, that's not but why they were doing it. So, uh, other uh, jump. You guys who liked the end, jump in. What what is it that like you you liked the thing? Because I couldn't get over it feeling like, you know, the worst sort of Star Trek and, and insurrection. You know, like I just I couldn't get past it. I don't know what any of those words mean. <laughs> Which part are you talking about? You're talking the, about the, the, big, the, the big, big revolution the big, that occurs? Yeah, or are you talking the big about revolution. The, we're riding on a train towards the horizon. No, the big revolution. The, oh, the big riding revolution. on a train. Does that train go around that? all the time, or does it yeah, stop? It just, runs, it just goes it just straight runs. through the wall. There's no door in the wall, actually. It just goes through the wall. <laughs> just oh, crashes into said, the wall. It's like the Kool-Aid when the train, But she said when the train hits the stop, you got to jump. So I was confused. Yeah, you better. That train is always going past that that building. It's the worst train ever. Right. That's the worst job in the faction list is to drive that <laughs> dumb train, that out. dumb two-car train that only people jump on and jump off. You never <laughs> stop. You the never erudite, stop. And they the never get on so at stop. a stop. Right. Yeah, they always climb. Is, people are always climbing on the bridges. He is so hungry. <laughs> like sometimes they throw sandwiches. Amity does. Amity. Amity does. <laughs> All right, so Andy, come on. You—I know you loved it. Tell oh, me. Why. I mean, I enjoyed it. I, I—I—I yeah. I, I connected with her character, and you know, once uh, I once we got through the training period of the film, I just got into the story and the the you know the you know the you know losing her parents. Um, I I really kind of you know enjoyed. I kind of connected with that. I don't say enjoyed her losing her parents, but I mean I, I just connected <laughs> with her, and I enjoyed the way that the story was going. I mean it's it is I, maybe it's just that I kind of when I watched it, I kind of connected with my teen self, and I was just able to kind of get into that mindset of the clicks and and trying to find a way for these people to all come together and break out of the system. Um, I mean it's not like it's you know. A, uh, a a story that hasn't been we, we haven't explored this sort of story before. It's not a, you know mind blowingly original or anything, but it is something that you know. I mean, I enjoyed and I didn't have problems with the ending. I mean, I, I think that the ending worked fine in the sense of the way that the story played out. Okay. No, I, I yeah. Go ahead, Tom. No, I, I I agree for the most part with Andy. I was surprised. And maybe it's just because of the last, um, not Catching Fire movie. What are those called? Hunger, Hunger Games. Games. Yeah. Which ended on such a huge cliffhanger. I was surprised. Like, I kind of was wondering what's next for this film. Yeah. I felt like right. I felt like this film could have ended because partly and because they spent so much time on the training that the mind control and all that stuff would be book two. Like, I was really surprised. Yeah. Like, oh, we just did that, and you threw a knife in Kate Winslet's hand, and we're all good. Yeah. Yeah. 
We're all good. Okay, so now we're taking a train to Nowheresville, and I, I was the, that was my first thought. And then the person that I was with was like, "No, there's this and that and this and that, and that makes sense." But the first thing was like, "Oh, I kind of felt like we were good." Well, my first they, they my exposed first reaction, everything. Sorry. Yeah, my first reaction was they don't have a backup of the computer program. No, it was just when you put a knife through the monitor. Oh. It just everything. No, when you force no, the she, program. She, I know, I know. Well, and, well, and then and then four walks up and apparently is immediately an expert at the interface. Well, well they're lucky he was around. I have, to, I have to say that that was one of the things that was was missing. They and they again, as you referenced earlier, Mike, you said that he's he, he works in he works in surveillance or security or whatever. So in the book, there's more with him. There's some scenes with him in sort of that control room that's his job when he's not working with the initiates he's there in that area and so that's something for people that have read the book it's like oh okay and it's one of those things that you you've got to just get to in the film you can't spend too much time and so yeah it's you know he's an experienced leader in that so yes he's clearly has some has to be adept with the technology so you you accept it and you you move on steve you uh, you asked you have said this a number of times and i think uh, it's a really important question that that you know and this is not something we need to address but maybe it's a, it's worthy for a blog post like if we reached a period where these adaptations are so um, you know fruitful that we just have to operate on the assumption that you've read the book i you know and that's why i'm I mean, I, I mean, the fact that t- Tom and Andy in, enjoyed the film, I think it would enrich your experience just as reading Lord of the Rings, you know, or The Hobbit is going to get that extra stuff to that. <laughs> the Hobbit ain't going to help you. The Hobbit ain't going to help you with, with the Hobbit movie. <laughs> Jackson's Hobbit. I mean, the right. freaking Hobbit well, was like a pamphlet compared to what he's doing. Well, you know, or, or Harry Potter. Yeah. I mean, I think that that's that's the risk or even even okay. Hunger Games of is it strong enough to stand on its own and then reading the book enriches that because you're sort of seeing the things that are hinted at or suggested at, or you're understanding some of the underlying motivations. And that's where I think this one sort of falls in between because it, it had to make some choices and, and paring down the material. It it had to sacrifice some things and it's probably not as strong a film as I had hoped for. I think it's still enjoyable. Uh, You know, and I, I think that, you know, we'll see over the next couple of weeks how the box office holds up. If it's a film that stands on its own, or if it's something that really depends on you know being familiar with the book. But I think the fact that half the film board here is saying they had an enjoyable experience, you know, bears that out somewhat. Oh, I'm sure it'll do very well. Uh, let me tell you this, uh, and I'll give I'll, you know this is a um, we my wife and I were you know making snide comments about it throughout the movie. You know, we were humor we were humoring ourselves. And uh, at the, I, we could not ignore the fact that at the end of the movie, the entire rest of the audience clapped and cheered. Uh. Uh. Why not? And, and more importantly, throughout the movie, there were several moments when there were the "You go, girl," and "Yeah, that's <laughs> the way you do it." were yelled out audibly. <laughs> what what to... theater? <laughs> you were clearly in a theater for like a sitcom audience. <laughs> he, he forgot to mention the, the striptease dancer. <laughs> we were the oldest people there. Oh, yeah. oh, oh. I, I wanted to mention this. That I thought that was very interesting. I saw the first showing. It was an 1130 in the morning showing on Friday. And I was 
one of the very youngest people there. I mean, I was in an audience really? where it looked like the audience had been brought in on a bus. Uh, and they were, I mean, they, they it, it was like the blue haired. It was, this was the, 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 the monuments men thing. I mean, this was the film made for grownups audience. I was really surprised. Were they all shouting, say, that's what those kids are doing to this world? <laughs> <laughs> were they like, well, this Reap is, this what is you sow. Or did they say, you go, girl. <laughs> this is not Downton Abbey. <laughs> I, I thought it was really fascinating that that happened. So, anyhow, um, we, uh, I, you know, I, I, we're doing sort of closing comments. We got to wrap this up. But I, I really, you know, I think I'm, I, I was just, I'm really baffled by, by this film, and and structurally, I found it really very weak. I did enjoy most of the characters in the film. Uh, I, I thought the actors did a, a just a fine job. But I really, I'm, I'm going to think more on this, Steve, and I, I think I need to probably read the book. I am going to have to see the movie again. Uh, this week because I wasn't able to take my daughter and she's really very upset with me. So I'll see it again, and who knows? Maybe maybe this will change. I wonder if you'll find that more infectious because I definitely yeah. found it infectious with the amount of tween girls and stuff of just like when four shows up they are like you can feel like (laughs) their their minds not being able to understand or accept what their body is telling them like all these things like some of that was kind of and then just talking incessantly yeah but for some reason like it wasn't annoying it was kind of like well it's not for me i'm the creep yeah you are the creep. i'm sitting like you're the guy who should have a restraining order yeah Uh, does anyone know where my puppy is (laughs) yeah i got a survey yeah, <laughs> but, like, but, but like Steve said, do you have to watch the read the book to watch the movie? Shouldn't yeah. the movie be able to stand by on I, its own? I think so. Me, and this is a very alone. frustrating place where we are right now with these adaptations. I, I think that assumption is is not. I, I think they are separate media, and it's very frustrating. Well, but, and I'll yeah. be I'll be completely honest with you. Even though there's no book associated with it, I got the same feeling with Prometheus. There was the there was the um, yada 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 type of uh, script screen writing right mm-hmm. it's like yeah we just need to get to this point and, and and we don't really need to um you know carry along it's like all the people you know the the target audience knows what they're trying to do and they're not really concerned about the the details yeah. that sort of make it fall down they're like but she wants to see us tattoo i'm like oh my god really but but that was like dripping and that was you know, that well whole... i'm gonna tell you i needed to see his tattoo with those little things on his neck i wanted to see what was under there well, you should have asked him. <laughs> Who's the creep now? <laughs> hey, uh, do we have any other specific points we want to raise before we rank this thing? No, I don't. Uh, no. You mean last last final comments? Yes. Fi- well, have we have we made final comments, or we do we need to do I, that again? I just think it was I, I enjoyed this story in the sense of you know this is a story about a girl who is struggling to find her her who she is, and I, I mean personally, I gotta say I enjoyed this movie. Much more than the first Hunger Games movie, which I, I could never connect with Katniss and her boyfriend and the other guy and the, like her little love triangle. I had no interest in any of that. That I haven't read the books for any of these, so I'm speaking strictly from the film standpoint. Um, I will say I enjoyed the second Hunger Games much more than this one. Oh, sure. sure but yeah. but I, I enjoyed this much more than the first Hunger Games film. I agree a thousand percent. That's more than a hundred. <laughs> so, so if they make and, a if they make a second one of this, or whatever, then the, oh, it's already in pre production. Yeah. Right. So when they make yeah. that, I, I would I would predict, uh, you know, not even know anything about it. I would predict you would have the same uh, reaction because this this is this in in my opinion this is the Prometheus of the aliens world. This is a pre or, or this is episode one of Star Wars. It's, it's an it's, origin it's, story. It's 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 man. 
this backstory stuff is horrible. There's no real way to do it. Let's just throw it in a movie, get him to watch it, and then the next movie will be the one where they actually capitalize on it. Well, I, well, I, will so. say, I hope you're I, right. I will say, I, I felt like Neil Berger was probably not the right director for this because I just like the first Hunger Games film, I just felt like, I can't remember who directed that, but I just felt like he was not the right director. I, in both cases, I felt like they picked a director who didn't have the, uh, the, the, the right filmmaking prowess to make something that needed um, the type of filmmaker that it needed. Uh, this right. felt like it needed somebody who was going to be able to handle the action a lot better. Like some of the action scenes right. I did say, I it did feel were real sloppy. I, I couldn't yeah. get into them very much. I was like, okay, it's a little jarring you're, the way you're moving things around. I'm not quite sure what's going on. And sometimes it was so broad, it did feel a little more just kind of TV filmmaking, which, you know, kind of what you were saying uh, about that end, Pete, how it felt a, a little bit you know, kind of flat. But um, I'm hoping that they pick a different director for the next one. Oh, they, it's they, funny how they that always are, seems to happen. Because yeah. yeah, you know, even Chris Columbus directed the first two Harry Potters, right? right. And it got much better after that. Yes. Yeah. Now uh, Neil, uh, Mr. Mr. Berger is serving as producer on the second one because they had to start on pre-production for the sequel while they were still finishing up production on this first one. So he is not the director. I don't have in front of me who it is, but there will be somebody different directing it. I, I am hoping that just as we saw with Hunger Games, it was Gary Ross that directed the first one, that That's we have right. someone that can really bring this world to life and and, and take it up a level in the, in the sequel. They have I've got Robert, some good Robert. news, guys. It's me! <laughs> Spoiler alert! This is the first announcement, and I really appreciate the notes. <laughs> uh, it's actually Robert Schwenke who directed... Oh. Uh, I'm not sure this this makes me feel any better. <laughs> oh no! He did yeah. Flight Plan, The Time Traveler's Wife, Red, and R.I.P.D. Oh, you guys, we I are, liked Red. We are totally hosed. And, and he's scheduled to do the next two: Insurgent okay. and Allegiant. No, no, I liked Red a lot. <sighs> I, I, I haven't seen after R.I.P.D. Wow. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I don't understand Hollywood. Can I just say? <laughs> yeah. Can I just say the one thing? The the, the little. Uh, uh, piece that I thought was hilarious, or I mean, I mean, really awesome, was um, the part where they were going. They had uh, uh, Tris kneeling down, and they were going to. There's three guys, three trained military trained killers, you know, sitting there going to offer, and they get they get shot from like, you know, some guy in a grassy knoll. That's and, Ashley Judd. Well, no, no, no. <laughs> yeah, That's right. it. So my first thought was like, man. Somebody's got like flipping snipers somewhere to just take him out, right? Because it was like three shots, wiped out. And then her mom's running with a handgun from like 200 yards out. Yeah. And I'm like, damn, she's a good shot. She's actually a robot. That's a faction we didn't hear about. That comes in that second book. That's part of the. See, that, that, that's the thing. It's like divergent. But yeah. They're not superpowered. She's a divergent. Ah, I wanted superpowers so badly. I, I will that's say. That's the sharpshooter faction that that wasn't represented. Right. <laughs> I do have notes from Chad who texted me a few notes. Oh, yeah. That's what it is. I'll just say. read through these real quick because it's text. It's not very long. So here's what I thought up front. Dauntless seemed like a musical group that I was almost certain going to break into song every time they happily ran slash tumbled slash free ran. <laughs> <laughs> I did think I did think they were having parkour. That's yes. very true. Overall, the movie wasn't horrible. It just wasn't super new, I guess. I kept waiting for all of the quote-unquote bad guys to do a surprise character change, and they didn't. They stayed angry. And they all picked on the stiff. Why? Because she's a pretty little nobody everybody wants to beat up. Forget the rest of the new people. Let's destroy the stiff. 
Anyway, I was confused. Why those factions? Why not preposterous or absurd or profanity? <laughs> and so I... It's like he was in my head. <laughs> and so I guess if you... Uh, what's this mean? I guess if you uh, are factionless, you become a homeless person? We have those now. <laughs> That's the end of his notes. But, uh... <laughs> I want to be in the profanity faction. <laughs> All right, gentlemen. Like I think fun. we need to. I think we need to move into the ranking. Okay. And with that, we head over to Flickchart. Yay! Yes, this is Flickchart.com/slash/tnrfilmboard. If you want to follow us there. Well, see, I That's... was going to do that, but I was. That was a. That was supposed to be a toss. Oh, I'm so. I was For just crying say... out loud, you are a media <laughs> professional. Do it again. Do it again. Just say, just say the word All again. Right. And now we need to head over to Flickchart. <laughs> <laughs> the best one yet. Do it do it one more time. This is gonna be so important. Now we need to head over to Flick Chart. Flick John! Flick John! Put on your seatbelt. The show is off the rails. <laughs> <laughs> Not worth it. Flickchart.com slash <laughs> Oh, oh Andy already did it. You're already there. What oh, is it again? TNR, TNR Film Board. Yes, that's right. That's the one. And let's go. All right. Divergent or Cloud Atlas? Cloud Atlas. Cloud Atlas. I would do Cloud Atlas. Abstain. I have to abstain as well. What? Oh, my goodness. I, yeah, I just it's on my. It's on HBO right now. It's on my DVR. Uh, uh, what, what does abstain mean? You never saw it? And yeah. I did, yeah, I did. Yeah, they haven't seen with, it yet. With Wachowski's I, right. I don't know. Oh, All boy. right. Okay. Divergent or The Wolverine? The Wolverine. The Wolverine. Divergent. 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 Oh I knew oh, this was going to happen. Look, yes. at the, look at the, I mean, that. We all talked about how uh, Wolverine fell apart in the middle, just went, you know, upside down, the typical boss battle, and it was just so cliche and bad. We had, no. Wolverine has two good scenes. We yeah, did. We talked it. about all those things, and this movie was that much dumber. Right. No, no you're <laughs> right. Two of you are wrong. That's right. Divergent or 42. 42. Divergent. 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 Abstain. Excellent. All right. Divergent. Divergent is going oh, up the I, charts. Mike, this is for you. Divergent Jeez. or Prometheus? Prometheus. Prometheus. I would divergent. do Divergent. Oh, you guys are... God. No, it has to be Divergent because it's there. you have stupid scientists in Prometheus. No, no, no. There's so many no. bad. You have an entire it, it, stupid just, civilization in yes. Divergent. Look, look at the way. Look at this way. It's the same movie. Just Prometheus was just a little bit more awesome. <laughs> I don't know. No, not quite. All right, there we are. Divergent, number eleven out of twenty. Okay. Really? Oh, God, it didn't break the top ten. Yes, it didn't. That would have been that would have been my wall of shame. <laughs> Gentlemen, as ever, it is. Uh, it is. I, I, I'd like to say I've learned a lot from you, but I, I. Well, I have. I've learned a lot from you and about you, and I need to re-rank all of the movies that we've ever agreed on. As a result, <laughs> as uh, we rank you as a person. <laughs> <laughs> You're re-ranking our friendships. <laughs> uh, yes, that's right. The Flickchart.com/slash/Pete'sFriends. Uh, thank you, uh, as ever, everybody, for uh, showing up and, and talking about this film. And uh, and uh, thank you, everybody out there listening uh, to the film board. Uh, around the horn, Tommy. Hello, thank you. What? And Steve, thanks for showing up. Thank you, as always. And Uber Mevins. I am not creepy. 
<laughs> Andy, man, we're still friends, but it's going to be hard. Friends. It's yeah, going to be hard. This was great. Thanks, everybody. And we'll be awkward hugs at, we, <laughs> at family reunions. Uh, we will be, uh, you know, if you want to find out more about us, make sure you head over to uh, thenextreel.com. You can see all the film board films we've ever done and uh, make sure you catch up with us on iTunes. You can subscribe to the show for free. Make sure you don't miss a single episode of Movie Awesome. And, of course, join us on uh, all of the social platforms to join the conversation. We appreciate that. Uh, I think that's it. Uh, on behalf of all of us, I'm Pete Wright, and we'll see you uh, next time. Man, he's like reel. a professional. No, that's right. You're gonna you're gonna ruin my toss at the end. Is that where we're gonna do it? But the show is done. Here on the film board, we have covered quite a variety of great page-to-screen adaptations over the years, from superheroes like Christopher Nolan's The Dark Knight Rises, based on stories like Nightfall and The Dark Knight Returns, to horror and sci-fi like Max Brooks's World War Z and Hiroshi Sakazuraka's All You Need Is Kill, which became one of our favorites, Edge of Tomorrow, with Tom Cruise and Emily Blunt. And who could forget Andy Weir's stranded astronaut adventure, The Martian, or Dave Eggers' tech thriller, The Circle? Supposedly so much better than the movie. We've also explored Stephen King epics like The Dark Tower and It, biopics like Damien Chazelle's First Man, and sweeping sagas like Denis Villeneuve's take on Frank Herbert's Dune. And don't forget Martin Scorsese's Killers of the Flower Moon, based on David Grant's nonfiction book about the 1920s murders of the Osage Nation. I just finished the book, and it's fantastic. It's always fascinating to look at the source material, and we often do as the book lovers we are. For those of you out there who love to do the same, head to thenextreel.com slash originals to find all of our past episodes and dive deeper into these adapted stories. And it's not just stories. We've included things like the video games Uncharted and Detective Pikachu. That's right. TheNextReel.com slash originals is your one-stop shop for in-depth looks at the sources for cinematic adaptations that we have discussed. Every purchase you make supports the film board and The Next Reel's family of shows. So what are you waiting for? Head to TheNextReel.com slash originals and get your next read today.